Welcome to another episode of Thoughts of a Trillionaire. And um, another episode that's going to be more like a a therapy session. <laughs> like a fair amount of my episodes from last year. I find like this podcast is really therapeutic. Um, I can just talk through my problems or just, you know, hear them outside of my head because... I don't like to like talk. <laughs> like when I'm talking, I don't, I don't really see the point in talking to myself, you know. Um, even though that's basically what I'm doing here on this podcast, but at least on the podcast, I can imagine that I'm talking to either a future version of myself or other people <laughs> that's going to hear this one day. And, um, you know, either way, just recording it gives you, it forces me to kind of communicate more effectively, right? Even though I, I, I do be just jumping in there and all over the place while I'm on this podcast, I'm still more coherent than I would be if I'm just talking to myself in my head or whatever. And furthermore, I just don't have people I can talk to like this. Don't get me wrong, have close people. And all that But when you're talking to somebody like face to face You kind of have to It's a different It's a different emotion It's a different feeling A different uh, consciousness if you will (laughs) Where you kind of Are sort of expected to Have a conversation Go back and forth You know just Maybe listen to the advice Or not say something too crazy Or you don't want to stress them out At least that's what I (laughs) worry about When I'm talking to other people So you know, that's why I do this on these podcasts. Um, another reason is because I know that I'll get through this, you know, and I'll figure this stuff out. But until that time, or rather, you know, recording this, recording my angst and my worries and stuff like that will hopefully be very beneficial to people who who see this. Like after <laughs> after it's all said and done. You know, because they're, I said, I used to say this a lot in the earlier podcasts, but it's it's just new, it's a new year. So I'm going to say it again, but the whole point of doing this is because I do see myself eventually becoming really successful, whether it takes 10 years, 50 years, a hundred years, <laughs> hopefully not a hundred years, hopefully not 10, um, well, hopefully not 50, but you know, whatever, but I see myself You know, one day being able to do these really big ideas that I have of creating hover cars and and metaverses and space cities and all sorts of things. You know, really crazy stuff. And I want people to realize that this is where I came from. You know, this is where it all started. Or maybe, I mean, not even that. It started a long time ago, but, (laughs) you know. I'm 26 and I'm still struggling to figure these things out. And uh that's 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 why I like sharing. But anyways, so today um or really in the last few weeks, right? I've really been struggling to be consistent. Okay, scratch that. For most of my life, <laughs> I've been struggling to be really consistent, right? Where you hear these people have like um, habits have have good habits 
or have and have um, routines and all this other stuff and it's just something I've really struggled with you know to the point where I've been known as the procrastinator in my family like my dad always blow like, you procrastinate too much blah 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 right um to the point where I actually identified as that like I would say yes I'm a procrastinator and I try to flip it like oh that's a good thing because you know I can get things done at the last minute <laughs> like I usually do get things done I'm usually not late um at least not too late but <laughs> and it's usually high quality but at the same time you know that's not really something I want to identify with um but I did for a long time and what but it really hits harder it really has been hitting me harder in the last few weeks months to weeks because as I've been trying to create my career you know um it really feels like I need to be I need to have a better process with my life like I've been reading I've actually been reading books about this <laughs> like usually I only read fiction right fantasies and sci-fi and all this other stuff and it's only been like in the last few years where I've actually gotten into non-fiction books and only in the last year or two where I've gotten into self-help books and stuff like that and they're really helpful <laughs> but it really starts to it really makes it obvious how lacking I am to be honest with you and don't get me wrong, this stuff was obvious too when I read fiction, fiction books because those main characters are always like super diligent, grinding, really crazy, strong or crazy, you know, talented. But they always put in the work. Like I, I usually like reading stuff where characters will put in the work. But in a novel, you know, in a fiction story, they almost always have a time skip. <laughs> have several time skips where they say, okay, they put in the work and it, they do it for years. And then <laughs> time skip, right? And then you get to see the results. But in real life, there is no time skip. You know? And that's what makes it so much more difficult. Because in real life, when you have a routine and you're trying to grind year after year, you actually feel those years go by. You feel those struggles you feel yourself not or, or like seemingly not having results for what you're doing and you feel your and furthermore unlike in a novel where it's almost always linear right even though they might have a setback or whatever you know you, you know they they're going to jump back up right it's it's still fairly linear but in real life huh. <laughs> it is a it's not even a roller coaster because at least you know where a roller coaster is going. It's a goddamn mess. <laughs> Walk around in the fog, you know, on shaky ground, stubbing your toe on sharp rocks in the ice. <laughs> Especially when you're poor, you know, when people around you are struggling. When it's just, it just gets worse and worse the more, the more you realize how far you have to, you have to go. You know, the more you realize how far you are from your goals, it just gets harder and harder. And um, it's tough, man. It's tough. So in terms of consistency, too, um, I've been trying to set routines. I've tried time boxing. I've tried, you know, creating different schedules for myself, morning routine, evening routines, you know, and I have figured out like certain things about myself, like. You know, I tend to be more energetic in the morning after a good rest and meditation. Um, I like to work out in the mornings instead of at night. You know, 
I don't like to work out for a long time. I only need a short amount of time, get it get it over with, get it get it done, and then boom, you know, on to the next thing. Um, I can be really creative in the morning, but I'm more creative at night when my brain is kind of half turning off, but doesn't really want to turn off. <laughs> you know, I can be fairly creative there. Like sometimes I'd be in the bed ready to go to sleep, and then I've just got ideas. So it's like a whole bunch of ideas just start flooding my mind. I'm just like, oh, goddamn, let me get up and write these down or something, right? Um, but for the most part, like, it's it's been really tough for me to really settle on a routine to um, figure out what really works best for me, you know, for a number of reasons, because I'm in a big family, because I have a lot of responsibilities, because it's not even, like, big responsibilities either it's just kind of that's another thing i figure about myself or I, you know i tend to take on more responsibilities than i probably need to um like i find it really hard to not help out where i see people struggling <laughs> or just doing things that like that's wrong <laughs> you know and, and so that tends to butt into my routines um i do like having routines because if not, then I find myself kind of just sitting around. Um, and I usually don't sit around doing nothing. Like, like I don't wa- like watching just random stuff. Um, I almost always watch something that's really, that, that's really interesting to me in terms of something that's inspiring, something that's innovative, something that's educational. You know, I'm a nerd at heart. <laughs> so the vast majority of stuff I read and watch are, you know... Fallen, fall into those realms. But at the same time, you know, if I don't set a routine of, of you know, creating work, then I tend to consume, tend to just read a whole bunch, right? Watch a bunch of videos, listen to a bunch of podcasts, uh, read a bunch of articles, uh, watch, you know, in <laughs> all over again, right? Um, like I like playing games. But I can't play for long because I get frustrated. I get, I get, for any type, basically for any type of consumption, right? I get to a point where I feel like I need to create. Like I get so frustrated with what's out there. Like, okay, but why didn't they talk about this? Oh, why didn't they do this? Oh, why didn't they, you know? (laughs) And I'm like, oh, I want to see this in the world. So I, I start trying to go create something. Now, there's different levels to this, right? There's different thresholds. When I'm reading or, or watching something that I really enjoy, that I'm really inspired by, that threshold could be a long ways down. Like I could read a good book for like, if it's a really good, like Brandon Sanderson, I could read the entire series without having any urge to create anything. So I would sit down for a whole week or two weeks, however long it takes to re- read the whole series, <laughs> right? Um, and that's dangerous for web fictions because there are so many good web fictions out there um, that I used to like read a web fiction. And for those that don't know, web fiction is basically like a novel, but it's live. So the author is like writing the chapters week after week. <laughs> and some of the really prolific authors out there can can write like three, four, five times a week. And they're like sizable chapters like Two, three thousand, five thousand words per chapter. So I would be sitting there just soaking this stuff up, you know, and um, 
that threshold can be very long for those for those types of mediums um, and for those types of content. Same thing for podcasts. Like I, I will listen to two hour podcasts and just go one after another. You know, <laughs> Lex Friedman podcast this week and startups. Um, you know, AR VR podcast, all this stuff, stuff like that, right? And that threshold would be like days, weeks, even months if I don't watch myself, where I would just consume. And but when I'm doing something like playing games, right? Even though I do enjoy games, I would be playing like something like Apex or or Spellbreak or Rocket League. But that threshold is like after a couple matches, I'm just like, all right, I'm done, <laughs> right? <laughs> because the interaction, because of the amount of energy that goes into it, and the amount of frustration, right? Because a lot of those times, I, I don't really enjoy difficult games per se. I do like a challenge. But if it's difficult for no reason, like I don't really understand why it's difficult, then I get frustrated with it. Like if I feel like I'm struggling with the game itself, like the gameplay loop, not necessarily like the game difficulty, you know, then it's like, if it feels like a pointless grind, it feels like there's a design problem within the game. And I'm like, why didn't they do this, right? <laughs> and then I will quickly uh, cycle me into the production phase into wanting to create something. So I say all that because that plays a large part into my consistency problem, right? Um, where I would like, like I like to consume things, and they, they inspire me, they motivate me, you know, they educate me. But I can, I know I can go overboard. And the more educational it is, like the more high quality, you know, content that it is, the easier it will be for me to get stuck in that consumption mode. Now, on the flip side of that. When I do switch over to the creation mode, right, to wanting to produce something, I have an altogether different problem. And that is my severe lack of skills, <laughs> right? Like, I really feel like, I really fear, and maybe that's my own fault for fearing this, but, like, I really feel like I have no talent, like, no inherent gifts, right? You can look at people and see them and see that they obviously have a gift, Right, like my brother, he's really good at almost everything he does. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna lie, I get a little jealous about it because he, he, you know, he picked up drawing, and he was he was pretty good at it even as a kid. Like he wasn't great, don't get me wrong. He's still kind of, eh, but as for a kid, you know, it was decent. And then when he really got into drawing, got into being more consistent with it, right? He really shot up with that with those drawing skills. And for me, who tried to be consistent with drawing, like, it didn't really work <laughs> that well, right? Like, I was in art class, and I would try to draw something, and, like, I could probably do it for a little bit. I, I Like, I would, get, I would get the concept, but then it was just, it just gets boring. It just gets draining for me. Like, my energy will be drained by the time I finish, you know, grasping the concept, and so it becomes extremely difficult for me to practice that concept in order to get better at it. And I know that's part of, you know, talent, that's part of skills, and that's part of my problem. But another problem is because I really feel like I just don't have that inherent grasp of the concept. Like some people, they can actually grasp a concept very quickly. My brother, he grasps how to draw these different things. And when he plays a game, he will grasp, you know, the, uh, the gameplay loop pretty quickly. You know, and relative to me, I would take a quite a long while to grasp the concepts of how to like do a fighting game or something like that. And um, because it took me longer, it took more energy. 
took more energy to learn those concepts and so I was already drained by the time it came around to like practice it <laughs> so when it comes when it comes to my creation mode right <clears throat> I feel like I have less skills less talent available to me to start creating things um, in addition to that I have really big ideas Right, like whenever I start thinking about, oh, what can I do with this? Right, what can I build? What can I make? I would have this crazy ideas about what to do, but they would be so big that it would be like difficult to figure out how to start. Like for instance, um, uh, we could start with the <laughs> hover card thing. Like, you know, that came from seeing these reading books about like transportation. And then uh, trains and everything like that. Getting a writing prompt about how would you like to go to school in the in the in the um in the morning or something like that. And I wrote the magic school bus like a like a magic school bus type of hover hovercraft you know bus. And um, so where everybody else might have been thinking about you know waking up later or you know going to school in the in a Ferrari or something like that. <laughs> I was thinking about a flying, you know, flying bus, a hover car. <laughs> and then I, I went crazy with it. Like, I, I was like, okay, so how would you build a hover car? Like, I'm in third grade trying to figure out how would you build a hover car? Like, how do you, where do you go from there? <laughs> how do you start with that, right? Um, another example, when I went to learn how to play, how to build games, how to, how to use Unity. I was like, all right, I'm going to build an MMO game. I'm going to build a <laughs> one of the hardest types of games that cost millions of dollars to make. I'm going to build that like <laughs> first. And then I tried to scale it down. I was like, okay, okay, obviously I can't do that. So let me try this instead. And I came up with another idea. It was an open world game, single player, but it's still like, you know, all these factors that go into it. And then I try to pare it down and down. It's just like by the time I pair, I, 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 get, I pair an idea down to something simple. I've already it's it's again that skill that that you know energy thing like I wasted so or I spent so much energy trying to figure out a simple idea to start with that I'm already drained I'm already drained and it what's bad is that it lasts across sessions like after that one session you know I go and take a break I come back all right fine I I, I say I'll try it again oh actually let me be honest let me be honest because I'm a procrastinator right it would have already taken me a lot of energy to start doing that work <laughs> once the once the inspiration hit like if, if if it wasn't easy to start like for instance the game thing then i would wait like weeks while i'd be watching other videos on game design or you know all this other stuff or what <laughs> i'll spend a whole time like i actually did this i spent a whole time figuring out what game design um tool to start with should I start with Unity? Should I start with Unreal? Should I start with, you know, these other random game design engines that were out there at the time? You know, what should I start with? I did a pros and cons things. I, I looked up reviews. I looked up, you know, uh, find the all sorts of details about these different tools to figure out which one to start. So it literally was weeks before <laughs> between I want to make a game and let me download a game engine. <laughs> and finally, when I chose one, you know, it was, it was weeks after that, so I was already like, ah, okay, um, I guess I should keep going, <laughs> right? And then, 
um, I think I chose Unity and it had some tutorials on there. So I followed those tutorials, make a little rollerballer thing. So I wasn't, I wasn't that dumb. Like I didn't go straight from downloading Unity to creating, trying to create an MMO game. You know, I, I actually went through those tutorials because that's also how I'm a nerd. You know, I would read through all the documentations <laughs> of anything I download or anything I start using. Like I will first read through the documentation, go through the tutorials. I always do that whenever I'm building something or whatever, right? And um, actually, now that I'm looking at it, that may be another problem too. Is like so so much software and so much stuff out there when it comes to creating having skills. There's no like documentation for it. There's no single set of tutorials for it right like whenever i'm trying to learn a new skill i like to look things up i like to look at okay what's a good guy what's a you know um where should i start with this right and then but there will be a whole bunch of different tutorials there'll be a whole bunch of people talking about this thing so i will look up at each one try to see which one's the best one or which one um works with me you know which one <laughs> makes sense and all that stuff you know like sometimes i feel like I really kick myself in the butt like I really step on my own toes with my problems of being like one a procrastinator and two like looking too much into the details of, of, of things and so I've gotten way off topic to to where I actually wanted to talk about in this <laughs> in this podcast maybe that's another example but I don't know so Anyways, when I do get into creation mode, I spent so much energy, you know, learning how to create, <laughs> how to draw, or how to make a game, or how to design, right? Now, I have to wait a couple days or whatever to get more energy, and in, the, in, that, in that time, I would get into another consumption mode where I would do more research. I was like, all right, <laughs> you know, it's, it's late today so tomorrow I'll pick it up but tomorrow I start you know I wake up in the morning I'm like oh what's this video about you know how to make a game and I would get into that consumption mode and then days weeks pass and I'm like okay I should I should start now right <laughs> so now from the from the onset of I want to make a game to okay let me make a game it's been like months <laughs> so you can see where I'm going with this you know you can see where I'm going with the skills problem um, and so once I finally do start creating things, now I feel like I spent so much time, you know, learning about the fundamentals that I get frustrated that I haven't, I haven't created anything. Like I can't apply those, those theories and, and, and ideas and stuff like that into my work. So now when I start learning the, the game design, like I get the fundamentals, like I understand like how to use the scripting language, how to, you know, or at least in theory, how to do it, right? <laughs> in theory, I understand how this works. But then when I try to apply it, it's just like, it's not working out, right? It's like, my, like I got two left feet. <laughs> and so I get frustrated with myself. I'm like, if I spent all this time learning how to do this, why is it so hard for me, right? Why am I not picking this up fast? Why can I, you know, why can I do this this idea that I have, right? And I get frustrated myself and then just downhill from there. And so I've I, I realized that that's happened for me with almost everything I've tried to get into, you know? And I've tried to, I've tried to 
rationalize it. I was like, maybe it's because I haven't found the thing that I actually care about, that I'm that I'm passionate about. Because they say, you know, when you find your passion, when you find what you're good at, your talents or whatever, it, it's, it's it becomes easy, right? It becomes relatively easy for you to keep going, for you to, you know, get working on it. And it seemed like it was true because for when it come to when it came to things like um, design, right? When it came to UX design, um, I really enjoyed it. Like I, I really enjoyed reading all these different things and applying the skills. And in class, it was it was like I, I breezed through a lot of that stuff. You know, asking questions, applying things. You know, working on the projects and all that stuff. And um, it was nice. Like I, I felt like I was on. <laughs> I was on top of the world. I felt like I was a main character. Finally, for the first time in my life, I was like, "All right, things are going right for me. Let's go." And then the the boot camp ended. Ended. You know, class ended, and it came right back to that same problem: trying to create a routine, trying to create a consistent practice of these skills, trying to create something, trying to create a product with these skills. You know. So. Fast forward from August of last year, 2020, to now, 2021, and I'm looking at my portfolio like, ah, this is trash. You know, I had somebody look at my portfolio and they're like, this is trash. I mean, they didn't say it like that. They said it very, very kindly and they had really great feedback, which I really enjoyed. You know, that's another thing, too, is like, I did get some decent feedback in my boot camp, but I was very... I'm gonna be real with you. I'm like <laughs> my my teacher. He was like, "This is this is not what I would do. Like I would, you know, design something more more standard, traditional, blah 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 blah." And I was like, "Yeah, I respect that, but that's just not what I am. Like I I just can't do standard traditional stuff. You know, when I start, the whole reason I had so much problems with my portfolio is because once again I had huge ideas. Like I was gonna make it 3D. You know, I was gonna." <laughs> figure out how to make a 3d portfolio you didn't have to read a whole bunch it was like a experience going through the website and you can really understand who i am what i do what i'm good at by having you know blah 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 right and it was just not working out the tools were against me my skills were against me my teacher didn't understand what i was trying to do you know (laughs) and so it was just like it's just a mess i ended up having having to redo my portfolio like three or four times once I finally got it done, I think my teacher just kind of let it let it ride because it was decent. Like it was <laughs> showable and stuff like that. But it was at the end of the semester. I was already technically a little bit late to graduate. He was like, you know, you need to finish it because they're canceling this program. So I was like, all right, cool. And he gave good feedback, you know, but he was honest. Like he, he said, you know, this is not my expertise. This is not the type of thing that I would build. And I didn't want to go to a traditional thing because I just don't do traditional things. I don't want to have a career doing traditional things. That's not where I, what my wheelhouse is, you know. I, I, I know myself enough that I know that if I try to fake or or if I try to do the, these, these traditional ways of doing things, I just wouldn't do it. You know, I wouldn't be I wouldn't find the motivation, the the discipline, anything like that to really care about it enough to do it. And so, I don't, like I said, I don't mind a challenge, but it has to make sense to me, you know? And doing traditional things just doesn't make sense to me um, for a number of reasons, but I'm not going to get to that right now. So anyways, so the person I had to look at my portfolio today 
pointing out all these problems with it. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Um, I, cause I knew it had problems, but I didn't really know what to do. Cause again, it was above, it was beyond my teacher, my instructor's kind of wheelhouse. You know, he couldn't really give me accurate feedback on that, on what I wanted to do on my theme, on my brand. Right. Um, but this person, he's amazing. Like he was, he's really able to, I'm not, why am I keeping this person in the office? This dude's name is uh, Ube Urban. He's pretty awesome. Um, he's super accessible too. So if you're a designer or something like that, um, he works at he's a like a principal CSUX guy at uh, AT and T. Um, really amazing. Go on his website, Ube Urban, Ube dot com. Um, and if he has time on his calendar, you know. Be respectful of his time. Be on be on time with him. But go ahead and, and, and speak to him, man. This dude is amazing. He's amazing. He has so much insight and everything like that. But he gave really good feedback on my site. And he gave it in a way that made sense to me. He was like, you can stick with your your theme, like your your whatever, like what 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 I'm going for basically. But he mentioned that I, I need to be more consistent, like more um cohesive with my own messaging like i'm like my about page is completely different than you know the rest of my page my resume is completely different type of thing like i don't have a cohesive kind of theme going on through all my stuff and that that came from the fact that i had to constantly pare down my ideas you know across the different platforms and stuff like that and i was fighting with the tools and my skills and all that but anyways he pointed out a lot of great insight on how i could make it better while still respecting my uni- my unique kind of value, my unique theme, which was really awesome. But what I realized also is that a lot of the problems were were on the visual side, right? The visual aesthetics. Um, and this is something my friend uh, Carrie, you know, said to me, you know, a couple of weeks, a couple of months ago, um, is that people really care about the visual aesthetics almost more than anything else right because that's what gets you the interviews that's what gets you people looking at your stuff it's because people are visually you know biased and that bothered me then and it bothers me even more now because i just don't care about that that much right (laughs) like the visuals like catering to this traditional value of what a good aesthetic thing like modern aesthetics is it just pains me right my heart just clenches at the thought of trying to fit into people's aesthetic you know feelings or whatever right because <laughs> i spent so much time on the strategy part right on the 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 depths going into the insights going into the you know the writing of my portfolio but I realized as he was going through it that nobody's going to read <laughs> my insights. Nobody's going to read my portfolio if the visuals are not good. And that really, really hurts me, you know, because out of all the skills that I've learned, that I've tried to learn, visual art is one of the hardest things that I've struggled with for for since the get go. Right. <laughs> And it's it's been frustrating because I kind of get visual art. Like, I can draw a little bit, especially if I take the time to get back into it. I used to be pretty decent at doing, like, realistic art, for instance. Like, I would be able to draw somebody somewhat realistically. But it takes an incredible amount of time for me. And it's super draining. 
and I don't really like it. I don't really enjoy it that much. And most importantly, I, I feel like I don't have the taste, the eye, right? <laughs> of what makes good visual art, like color, color and spacing and all this other stuff. Like I just don't have that. And to learn it, I feel like it's once again goes into this whole problem of having to do all this research, having to do all this, you know, practice with something that I just don't care about. You know, so I'm wondering, like, do I even want to be a designer (laughs) if people just keep caring about the aesthetics? Like, do I like the whole point of being a UX designer for me was because I wanted it to. Well, first of all, another thing I I remember today is that I didn't I didn't even want to be a UX designer. I want to be a designer of immersive experiences. <laughs> like I want to create the metaverse. I want to create the next generation of the internet, right? <laughs> um and I think that's that 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 starts with virtual augmented reality of contextual experiences of, you know, all this uh, all those types of things. And I went into UX design because I felt like that would give me the fundamentals to be able to learn the psychology, the the standards, the, you know, um principles all that stuff that goes into creating experiences for people and but it seems that like every aspect of design every aspect of building something for this space you know hampers on this idea of visual art of visual aesthetics and stuff like that and um i just struggle with that idea so so much that I find it really difficult to figure out what I even want to do. Like, maybe I want to be a game designer instead. Maybe that's what <laughs> what I should be doing, you know? But then when I look that stuff up, it's like a lot of it is also visual, you know, aspects to it. And uh, it seems so... When I say it, I'm, honestly, it seems so trivial. Like, just stop being a baby. Just go learn the stuff, right? But that's kind of what makes us us is our likes and dislikes, our our, our strengths and, and cons and stuff like that. What we're good at, what we're not good at, what we like, what we don't like, you know. It's like telling somebody go learn, go learn code if they want to start a business. <laughs> and uh, even though code is important, you know, programming development is definitely a great skill. It's not if it's not for you, it's not for you. You know? That's that's the hard truth of it. You know? And I had to learn that. I learned that myself a couple of years ago when I tried to learn development. Like I could understand the fundamentals of of coding and design. I mean, um and um like computer in, computer like the basis of computers, how computers work, you know. Like I went deep into it. <laughs> once again that 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 unnecessary detail. I, w- I went to the depths of how code you know affects the the machine, right? Like how <laughs> how the hard drive, the bits in the hard drive, changes the electrical you know electromagnetic uh, fields in the disk to you know store your data stuff like that. Like I understand that part. I understand that to to an extent, right? On the on the surface level at least. But um I don't like coding. 
don't like the fact that it's mostly struggling with, you know, um, what do you call it? Struggling with the language, struggling with bugs and, you know, stuff that feels like not, that doesn't feel like creating, right? This is the same thing with art, with visual design. Like, I don't like struggling with the tools at hand, struggling with learning Adobe or, you know, this bullcrap like that and trying to get the right color code combination. I don't care about that. Like, it feels, all of that feels trivial to me, even though I know it's really important and I highly respect and admire people who can do it. For me personally, it feels absolutely trivial, right? And it feels like a waste of time, even though there's no such thing as a waste of time, you can always use those skills in some form or, or, or way. You know, I could be learning more about UX design. I could be learning more about information architecture, service design, you know, um, experiences, metaverse things, all this other stuff, right? So to me, it just feels like, I don't know, just a constant struggle with unnecessary crap and just like, I don't don't even know if I'm making any sense in this entire thing. (laughs) Uh, This is probably my my most incoherent episode yet. And I've had quite a few incoherent episodes. So deeply sorry if you uh, struggled through this with me. But um, I don't know, y'all. It's just a just a constant struggle. Like I have half the mind to just throw up a page that says "fuck visual design, man." Don't hire me for that. <laughs> like you're not gonna be hiring me for no visual art. Hiring me for this, <laughs> you know. That's all it will say. It'll just say I am good at strategy, operations, service, customer experience. You know all this stuff. I am not good at visual, three D modeling, art. <laughs> right. That's it. That's the, that's the whole page. That's my whole portfolio. <laughs> but um, you know. I guess at the deeper level of all of this is really just figuring out like what the hell I am, you know, who I am in this world and where my value is, you know, I feel like a lot of us struggle with this. A lot of us try to figure out what our value is in the world, what we're, what we, what we're good at, what we want to do, you know, and because this world, um, runs on money, you know, how we can make money with our values and with our passions and skills or whatever. And without that, like, if you haven't, if you don't figure that out, it just feels like you're kind of stuck, you know, not being able to live the life that you want to live, not being able to do the things that you want to do. You know, manifest the the dreams and the goals and the ideas and the realities that you want to uh, realize, that you want to manifest. It's like, if I can't do this, right, 
If I can't do any of this, then what can I do? <laughs> right? Hmm. But of course, you know, what we can do, the only thing we can do is just keep going. Keep learning, keep trying, keep growing until we stumble upon something, some realization, some routine, some consistency, some skills that we can stick with, you know, that we can clearly see and communicate the value to other people. And when I say value, I don't necessarily mean in a purely monetary aspect. I mean just in general. Like, how can we be good humans? How can we be good, you know, cautious agents? <laughs> what can we do to contribute to the world? You know, what is the point of our experience? A bit of existentialism for you. <laughs> We derive a lot of meaning from the work that we do, from what we put into the world. Because consuming things is great, right? Kind of need to uh, consume, to to watch, to listen, to read, to experience what other people have created. But, you know, I feel like a lot of us, most of us, maybe all of us, want to be able to create something so the trick is being able to figure out what you can create and how you can create it and that's why you know at the end of the day that's what really pushes me to keep going to keep trying to learn these skills and do what I can to figure my life out because I really want to be able to create tools that makes it super easy for everybody else to create. Because I don't feel like there's enough of that going around. Yeah, there's these creative tools out there and all that, but most of those tools are not meant to just easily let anybody create the object of their dreams, to create their realities. You know, those tools are meant for money. Those tools are meant for professionals. Those tools are meant to spend time learning and trying to, you know, become a skilled professional, you know, with that tool. But I feel like we just need more crayons in the world. <laughs> more more Play-Doh. More tools that are less about, you know, being a skilled practitioner with that tool and more about just being able to have creative creative expression. More about being able to have an idea, come up with an idea, be motivated, be inspired, and then boom, put it out in the world. Boom, you know, get to work on that idea without having to struggle with different tools. That's what that's what really pushes me. Because that's what I've struggled with my entire life. You know? Human existence kind of feels very limiting because of that. And I don't like that. <laughs> I don't want to accept that. 
I think human existence can be so much more empowering, so much more meaningful if we all have the ability to share, to express, to create effortlessly, playfully, socially, you know? Hmm. So, we'll see how it goes. You know, I'm going to keep going, keep learning. Try to do more practices, get my skills up. And um, hopefully when you're listening to this 10 years from now, you have the fruits of my labors in front of you. And you'll be able to... you never be able to struggle. Like, hopefully in 10 years... Nobody is struggling with how do I get my idea into the world. Instead, we're we're dealing with bigger problems like I don't know how to I don't know. Like when I'm building is a better world. It's not gonna be a perfect world. <laughs> it's no such thing as perfection. At least not in the real world. You know. All we can do is create something better. Hope the next generation continues that work. So hopefully, you know, you all listening to this in the future won't be dealing with these same problems. Be dealing with your own unique problems and uh, the next level, creating a uh, another better world. But for now, this is the problem I want to solve because I'm sick and tired of struggling. <laughs> With these goddamn tools on this goddamn planet. <laughs> oh gosh. Thanks for listening, y'all. As always, you can contact me at Elijah Claude, E L I J A H C L A U D E. Gmail, Twitter, Instagrams, YouTube. And uh, hit me up. I'd be happy to talk, happy to create with you, happy to build a better future. Or, on my podcast, my other podcast, build a more delightful future. <laughs> and that's it. Thanks for listening. Bye bye.